You know, the possibility was there. You'll never eat lunch in this town again. I had people who knew about what we had going on say to me, this is gonna, this is going to ruin everything you work for. And I was like, is it? And I still jumped and I still jumped. And that's why I love her, Jeffrey. You know what I'm saying? Niecy Nash, the acclaimed actress from TV shows like Claws, Reno 911, and When They See Us, she didn't know what the reaction was going to be when the world found out that she'd married a woman. But that's not the same thing as being nervous. There was no hesitation on her part. She hadn't been hiding or grappling over the years with her sexuality. She'd perhaps rather simply just found herself in love, this time with the singer Jessica Betts, one of her closest friends in the world, and she didn't want that relationship to only exist behind closed doors. So today, this is a story about learning something new about yourself in your 50s, when you assume that all your life you're straight, and then giving yourself permission to follow a new path. From The Advocate Magazine, in partnership with GLAAD, I'm Jeffrey Masters, and today we're kicking off our big pride celebration on LGBTQ&A with Niecy Nash and Jessica Betts. Here it is. I want to jump right in. The two of you have been friends for about four years, and when friends start dating, I always wonder, after that much time, like, what changed? Nisi, let's start with you. What changed that made you realize like something deeper was here? Well, first of all, I was single. <laughs> let's start there. Let's start that I wasn't in a marriage or a relationship that required monogamy. And so I did not know that someone who was my dear friend, I considered a dear friend, was going to be a place to land because I've never dated anyone of any gender that I was friends with. So what happened was I was single, finally, and I was open to whatever God sent into my life next. And then for Jessica, Nisi's told a story where she reaches out and, you know, touches your neck at like the end of a movie one night. What is your reaction? What's going through your mind when she does that? I was like, what the hell is going on? I had an entire, a complete monologue of, I was nervous and I was like, what the hell is going on? But when her hand touched the back of my head, I felt butterflies and I was like, wow, you know, it felt really cool, you know. And I guess it just led to marriage at this point. Well, the, <laughs> well, the funny thing is that you said that what you felt for yourself was the idea that you could love again. Yeah, you know, after the butterfly effect, you know, it was definitely that feeling like, wow, I could love again, you know, and just it, it just put it put a lot of thought in my mind in terms of what could be, you know, moving forward. And it was all scary. So I had so many different emotions going through my head at that time, but definitely feeling like, damn, I could love again. You know, that was definitely part of it. Both of you have mentioned your amazing friendship. Were either of you worried like, oh my God, this might ruin our friendship? That would be me. Absolutely, but I felt like that too, you know. Did you? Yes, I did. No, you, because if you felt like it, you still stayed on the ride. No, but like it comes to a point where, you know, when we did, you know, after the head rub and after the um, exchange, if you will, she became reluctant. You know, and so I started, and when I felt like I can love again, she started, you know, pulling back, pulling back, 
and ignoring my text. And so I'm like, good morning. I'm like, there's crickets. Good afternoon, crickets. Good evening, crickets. So I guess she was kind of. I was very, very fearful and I wasn't responding to the texts is the text messages because I, my, the, what was at the Keep in mind, she already put her hand on my neck and got me all googly woogly inside. (laughs) But then I got afraid because I was like. I can never, um, I, I never want to imagine a future without this being. However, what if I ruined it and, 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 and this person can't be in my life forever? I definitely don't want to go down a path that would not have her in my life. And so I was backing up because I was afraid and I was like, oh man, like my life without this person ever, like I'm not going to be, I can't make it. I don't, I don't want that. Then, in the absence, she was all I could think about. And then I was like, I got to go ahead and call back. Well, I feel like for Jessica, there's this added complexity that you are falling madly in love with this assumed straight person. And on top of that, a celebrity. But I would be worried that like, oh, I'm falling in love with somebody and they're never going to be ready to come out. This wasn't my first rodeo, if you will. I'm Jessica Betts and I date the straights. As you can see, we we joke uh, about and on each other all the time. Of course, you know, you you don't want to be in a situation when you're with someone who wants to keep you in the dark or in, you know, in the back or secret. And so I don't I don't really feel like I ever had that that fear or she never made me feel like she never made me feel like I would ever be that. I never felt like I couldn't be myself and I never felt like she couldn't be herself around me. And there were times when we did have to be kind of low key, you know, when we first started dating, when no one knew and she would just cry. She would cry because, you know, it was almost as if she was not able to show her love. And we had to kind of like tell each other we loved each other in secret and stuff like that. I remember having tears in my eyes. We went to the grocery store and this was all during COVID. Everybody was on a lockdown and it was quarantine. And I'm just standing in the middle of the aisle like. <laughs> and she's like, what's wrong with you? She come from around the corner. I said, what's wrong with you? I was like, I just want to hold your hand in the grocery store. <laughs> you know, we were never a secret. We were private mm-hmm. until we figured out you're my, you're my person. Mm-hmm. Once we identified with that part, we were able to then say, we're going to move forward in this way. So while our our very, very close friends and immediate family knew, the world did not find out right. until after we got married. Because there's a huge difference with being, of having privacy. And, and being, being, a secret. being a secret. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up because sometimes I feel like when a celebrity comes out, we like demand that they disclose a lot of private things to us. And we ask revealing questions that we never would have asked, you know, quote unquote, Niecy Nash married to a man. Like, have you felt like that? Well, I wasn't anywhere. And I just want to be clear about this part to come out from. It wasn't like I was living a lie. I love the people who I loved when I was with them. Do you understand me? I wasn't living a lie. I just love those people. When I loved her, I loved her. I didn't want that to be anything that was kept in the shadows and in dark corners either. 
So it wasn't it wasn't as much about me coming out as much as it was about me coming into myself, owning that I allowed myself to not only feel what I felt, but then to do something about what I felt for her. That's so interesting because, you know, falling madly in love with somebody is very personal. It's a personal thing. But in this instance, I would think that also falling in love with who you did would cause a potentially radical change to your identity. You know, you're suddenly a member of the LGBTQ community. I call it a radical change, but I mean, do you feel like that? Well, I mean, yes. You know, when people say, I want a number one, you can't get up to the to the drive-thru and then be like, who put these fries in here? Because it comes with it. Yeah. So getting my mind wrapped around <laughs> everything that came with it, I was immediately at a space in a place where I was like, Jessica comes with what she come with. <laughs> and I love her so much. You know, I used to cry. Because I wanted to just love you out loud. Yes, yes. Now, let me just tell you of the world. We had no idea how they were going to respond to this news. Yeah. You've only ever known Nisi Nash to be one way. You've never seen me. It wasn't rumored that I did this or did that. Like, you know, some other people were like, oh, there's a smoking gun. It literally was snatched right. out of the atmosphere because people were like, this has to be a movie. Is this fake? This can't be real. Is this a role? <laughs> oh no, I give it I give it five minutes. Oh no, 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 no. This is this will never last. Is this a publicity stunt? However, I have to say we have received the warmest welcome as a couple. Mm-hmm. And and the world has been surprisingly kind. 2020 was such a hard year for everybody with the pandemic and then also this ongoing racial reckoning in the country. And I think what was so captivating about your wedding announcement was this explosion of Black queer joy that we rarely get to see. And then you were like inviting us to celebrate that with you. And bringing a sense of normalcy to it. I think that a lot of times, you know, we are, you know, in the LGBT community, we are placed under so many different categories and labels, labels, if you will. (laughs) And I just feel so happy to be with someone who understands me and understands. Because, I, I, you know, being masculine identified woman, a black woman, you know, when all of the, you know, when the uniform comes off, I'm still a black woman, you know, and I think people need to understand that. So they they can stop, you know, just kind of placing it other than what it is and calling it other than what it is, you know? Very important that people know that. So was it a conscious decision that the two of you made together to be so public about your relationship? Well, I don't think that we're what you would call so public. I think what happened was that we fell in love. We decided to give it a little time to make sure we really wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. By the time we decided we really wanted to be with each other, she already put a ring on it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we got married in six weeks. Six weeks from the time we got engaged. engaged. We had already been a vibe. And so letting the world know wasn't anything un- different than my last two marriages. It was like, hey, guys, I got married because I don't want to be outside walking down a promenade somewhere with this lovely thing. And somebody tell my story like, oh, I saw Nissy Nash with a woman down at the at the Piggly Wiggly. No, 
Niecy Nash told you that she was now Carol Beck's. I let you know. You didn't let me know. So I, I let them, I, we, when we let them know that we were an item, I'm not doing anything different than I would do with anybody that I was with. I'm with you all the time. So normally if I take a picture or a video, you somewhere right there. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm promoting right, right. an ideal in as much as I'm just sharing or My having life. an agenda, you know, it's right. just, we do what we do. We love each other. And it's bringing normalcy to a place that people really still at this day and time still feel really uncomfortable with, you know, and we don't feel uncomfortable at all. And I think that that is why I asked that question, because I saw, you know, just absolutely no hesitation to share about your new marriage and your new wife. And it stood out to me because we've seen repeatedly celebrities come out and they don't want to talk about it. They make the announcement and they don't want to ever talk about it ever again. And they also avoid queer media outlets, really? to be completely honest. Wow. We are releasing this interview while you're going to be on the cover of The Advocate magazine. And I'm like personally thrilled that you even wanted to do that. Oh, wow. That's crazy. We are honored, actually, because within the community, we just got to be real. Within the community, there are differences, you know, within our community. So, yes, absolutely. I think we are honored because we definitely want to be a part of some of the change and start conversations so that people can start feeling more comfortable. It's kind of amazing, too, from the person you were, let's say, like 10 years ago, Nisi. You wrote a book in 2014 about dating and relationship advice, specifically for women dating men. And so it's so fascinating to see, like, the massive change from that person to, like, the one you are now. And I think, like, the big question is, like, how did you get there? And it sounds like the answer is, like, you were just open to it when it was in front of you. Well, the one thing that I mm -hmm. will tell you about mm -hmm. that, when I wrote that book, I was married to a man. I wrote it from the perspective that I was in at the time. However, I still feel like those same principles apply. I mean, I talk about in the book, you know, how do you know when you are with a partner and you're equally yoked? I talked about intimacy. I talked about how to fight fair. I talked about how to sustain your love. All of those principles still apply. I think there's only one quote in the book that people pull out. Yeah, is that when I said a BJ a day keeps the divorce attorney away. <laughs> and they were like, well, you got well, divorced. Well, did it work? It obviously <laughs> didn't work. I said, no, I just stopped doing it. It worked. And it's still applicable if you smell <laughs> what I'm cooking. So people need to stop. People need to stop. Need to stop what? They need to stop when they're with that one book, judging the entire book by one quote. But I don't doubt that the BJ a day keeps the divorce attorney away. I, I say keep that slogan going. This is the part where I put my hand over her mouth and say, please don't, don't, don't say anything else. <laughs> we gonna make them pay for that info. <laughs> you know, we have this image in Hollywood, I think, of celebrities and teams and highly controlled PR machines. And I just wonder, was there any discussion behind the scenes about waiting or even not sharing your relationship? No, I think that we, it was private and our close family and friends knew my children, my mother, Sherry Shepard, Ava DuVernay and Oprah, I think was on my side and a few people close and on her side. And once we decided to get married, we kept it really intimate because of COVID. 
because I would have married her in front of a thousand people, but we whittled it down to 24. So we had drive up COVID testing. We did all the precautions. We got married. And so our guest signed an NDA because we wanted to tell our own story. And so it was like, we got married on a Saturday. We had brunch on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I said, babe, you know, these people ain't going to keep this private for too long. What we going to do? And on our way to our honeymoon, we posted at the same time. There was never a doubt. I could not wait to just love you, love you out loud. And you yeah. know that I couldn't wait. And you know, that was the thing that I was excited about the most, right? Mm-hmm. I cried about it. I prayed about it. I'm like, I just want to love you. When we stood in our backyard and took our vows and we said vows to each other, I don't think I've ever been in a relationship where I have ever felt this fully seen by my partner. The love that we felt on that day is what I hope that we are putting into the world. I don't want to cry. I just, I'm so grateful. I'm I'm so grateful for people who love us, you know, and who send us encouraging messages and emails and because they didn't have to. They did not have to. People as a whole did not have to be that kind. And then once we posted that picture, we were like, I felt so free. We jumped. We jumped off the cliff. And I felt so so free. But we didn't know what was going to happen once we posted it. And because I was on the, you know, doing what I was doing in entertainment, you know, the possibility was there. You'll never eat lunch in this town again. I had people, you know, who knew about what we had going on say to me, this is going to, this is going to ruin everything you work for. And I was like, is it? And she jumped with me anyway. And that's I why still I jumped. Her. And I still jumped. And that's why I love her, Jeffrey. You know what I'm saying? With people saying that this might ruin things, how much was your your race a factor that like you'd worked your butt off as a black woman in Hollywood to get where you were? I don't know if my race was a factor. I can't confirm or deny that from the people who said it to me. I heard it from black people. But I don't know if they thought that my race would be a part of what wouldn't let me overcome the choice where I lay my head. And I think that oftentimes as a society, you assume that white people are given more privilege, more leeway, more chances than maybe non-white people are. But they did not use the term because you're black. So I don't know if that's what they were thinking, the people who said that to me. I was wondering because, you know, you started your career with Reno 911, at least like in a big way. That's like when we got to know you. Yeah. And it wasn't until when I saw When They See Us, the Ava DuVernay Central Park series, that I was like, oh, Niecy Nash is a dramatic actress also. And I didn't know if Hollywood has just typecast you as comedy only or if there are simply just like fewer dramatic roles for black actresses. Mm -hmm. No, I was definitely typecast. I mean, the industry was kind, but they lovingly said, oh, no, dear, you have a lane. You do over the top, broad comedy. And I'm like, no, I'm just I was born funny, but I know how to do other things. And so it wasn't until I did a very small, when I say small, I mean quiet series for HBO. And it was called Getting On. 
Once I did Getting On, people, and and I got nominated for an Emmy for two years in a row for that role. And then that's when the industry took notice and was like, oh, oh, you can do more than that. (laughs) So then it was Getting On, then came Selma, then When They See Us, then Uncorked. Like, so it, it started a rollout where people were like, oh, we can trust you with, with, this type of work. And so right now, when I leave my beloved and go to work, I'm doing the Jeffrey Dahmer story, which is very dark, you know, for Ryan Murphy at Netflix. So now people trust me, but so much so that I think they forgot I'm funny. I'm like, where's the comedy scripts? <laughs> so, you know, you, you got feast or famine, you know? You mentioned that you called a couple different people about your relationship with Jessica, Ava DuVernay and Oprah. Was there any advice from any of those women that stood out to you? It wasn't so much about advice in as much as it was about support. It's challenging for somebody to advise you on a road that they haven't been down. But what they can do is tell you that I support you and I love you and live your truth and be happy. And that's the main thing. You know, when people say, what should I tell people if they ask me any questions about you? Tell them I'm happy because that's the most important part. I think that something that I like about queer relationships are that we get to shuck off traditional gender norms. You know, to oversimplify it, the man is the provider and breadwinner and the woman is the homemaker. Are letting go of things like that, like something that you're experiencing now? I don't know for me, per se. I don't think that we're experiencing that. The reason why I'll say that, because with Jessica being masculine identifying, like the roles for me haven't changed. You know, it's not like, oh, now I find myself in playing a different role. No. You know what I mean? I'm still a wife. I'm still a homemaker. I'm still all of those traditional She's everything things. She was and more. Thank you. Well, what about for you, Jessica? Have you had a, what has it been like to take on this new role as stepmom? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, this is not my for, first rodeo, you know, so I've been with, you know, women who've had children and to, you know, not just, you know, love the woman, but to love everything about her and everything that comes, that comes with her, you know? Stepmom, I guess I guess Dia calls me mom, so it's kind of cool. She, actually, she, she says, "Hey, moms." <laughs> yeah, the, our youngest is like, "Hey, moms." Yeah, what are my moms doing? <laughs> it's kind of cool because they're accepting and they're loving. You know what I mean? So it's really cool, man. It it, it really is. You know, as we wind down, I just want to uh, hear about like what's coming up next for you. Starting with you, Jessica. I mean, you're a singer. Like, are you with a label at all? I am not. I want to re- uh, remain independent. Based on what I feel like is a highly anticipated EP, I'm working on an album, which I feel is uh, very dear and near to me. And amazing! (laughs) I asked that about a label not to be rude or judgmental, but because I think like there's now a ton of interest in you. And I just wonder if like you're hearing from people. Oh, yeah. I'm hearing from people. And like I say, I'm just in the works of getting this amazing album put together. But the thing of it, let me let me tell you what she won't tell you. Let a proud wife say something. The phone is ringing off the hook. <laughs> Emails abound. Everybody loves JV. And they want her to sing at this and perform at that. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of interest happening. 
you can literally go and download music that she already has out now. And people are like, oh, my God, I love this song. I didn't know. You know what I mean? And, and people who were already fans of her are like, where's the new music? So she definitely has irons in the fire. Amazing. And then last question, I think it has to be for Nisi. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about Reno 911. It was revived for Quibi, which has since shut down. You are a star and executive producer of it. Is there any chance we'll be able to see the show anywhere coming up? I think that we're moving over to another streaming platform. And I also know that we are in talks to do another Reno movie. That's exciting. Those two things are true. Thank you for spending so much time with us today. This has been fantastic. Well, thank you for having thank us. Thank you, Jeffrey. And that was Nisi Nash and Jessica Betts. They also cover our big pride issue with The Advocate. If you want to check that out, you can find that at advocate.com. And then next week, we'll be joined by Ashley C. Ford, whose remarkable new memoir is coming out. That is called Somebody's Daughter. So next week, we'll see you back here. And in the meantime, please help us spread the word by posting about us on social media. Doing things like that are really the biggest ways you can help our show continue to grow. So we're on Twitter and Instagram at LGBTQPod. I'm on there at JeffMasters1. Come tag us, please. We love hearing from you every week. We're brought to you by The Advocate Magazine in partnership with GLAAD. I'm Jeffrey Masters. I'll see you next week. Bye.